0: Hey, this is Steve Carpenter, the Chief Supply Chain Officer for Yakima Chief Hops, and...
1: And I'm Joe Catron. I'm the VP of Footprints for Yakima Chief Ranches.
0: Welcome to another episode of Beer, Baseball, and Binds. Uh, We've got a special guest again with us here today, Brian Levesque, who's the Director of Operations at Three Taverns Brewery in Decatur, Georgia. How are we doing today, Brian? Uh,
2: Thanks, guys. I'm doing really well. You you caught me at a a really good time. Uh, it's one of those rare occasions where I, I get off, I get home, pull in the driveway, and it's, it's time for baseball. Braves
0: yeah, gosh, the uh, the Atlanta Braves—they're uh, playing in the na- nation's capital today.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a far cry from the team that won the World Series, but I'll I'll take a win right now against <laughs> anybody. So sure.
0: Yeah. Well, good. Uh, you know, the Braves are doing pretty darn good, coming off a game in which. Uh, it sounds to me like the Bats came to life, 29 <laughs> runs, and they were playing in home. So they they did it in eight innings, right?
2: Yeah, actually, I heard a stat that the record uh, was from a team that ended up scoring six runs in their half of the ninth. <laughs> so we may have the record for eight innings worth of baseball in the National League, which I, I haven't done the research and probably won't, but uh, I thought that was an interesting little tidbit uh, this morning as I was driving in.
0: Yeah, it seems like all the starters got at least one hit and one run, and uh, yeah, I think at- so
2: our, our our resident guy, a tough luck guy, recently has been Nick because He's been spraying the ball over the field, but just can't find a hole. But I think he was out of the lineup. So yeah, I think everybody got in on it. Yeah. Now Mark I hate to be the guy that didn't after twenty nine runs. It would really suck. <laughs> yeah.
0: That would be you would be taking uh the brunt of uh the kidding on the road trip to, to DC, that's for sure. Um, but they and, gave
2: up nine, so there's still a lot of room to uh to improve.
0: Didn't Marcaicus yeah. didn't he start off the season thinking he wasn't gonna play because of COVID, but then decided to jump in. Wasn't yep. that Marcakis? Yep, he, he
2: did. He, he opted out of opting out. Yeah. And, came on back. Well, Thankfully, I mean, we've, we've had our, our fair share of uh of injuries, or we were dealing with them early. That's kind of why it's exciting that they haven't had a lot of Ronald Lacuna and and some of the other outfielders just yeah. trying to plug and play. A yeah. bunch of journeymen, for the most part, but they've been raking.
0: Sure. And then uh, Ozzie Albies is back uh, too for the first time yesterday, right?
2: Yeah, how that little guy gets that much... I mean, I'm, I'm only five... I'm, I'm almost 5'10", and I see that little guy at 5'8", just driving the ball 400-plus feet. I'm like, how did... Where is it coming from? I, yeah, it's, it's hard to. I, I still think I got it, but then I see something like that. And I'm like, no, you, you never had it. So. Yeah.
0: <laughs> no, that bat speeds everything. These guys just. Uh, it's it's amazing to see how hard they can hit the ball, uh, regardless of how big they are. But uh, I think he swings a pretty big stick too. I think unless it just looks bigger in his hands, but
2: I feel like he's he's swinging a pretty good sized big of lumber. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it was. Nice to have him back. That the offense certainly is clicking. Lots of lots of home runs the last couple of weeks. I just again to go back to that rotation. I've, I've I've lived through many painful October's, and if you if you only have one starter, you're you're probably not primed for a deep run.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's all about pitching once you get in the playoffs. That's for sure. But
2: uh... until it's not, when it's the Braves and it's, <laughs> it's not enough <laughs> for everybody else. It seems today. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll just slug our way to the World Series. Yeah.
0: Hey, Brian, I appreciate you sending some beer up to us. So we're going to be sipping a little bit of uh, your beers as we go through the podcast today. And uh, you guys are a little bit unique. It sounds like uh, you have built your business around kind of the inspiration from Belgian and Belgian-style beers. And the first one we've cracked open here is Lord Grey.
2: Oh, you went with the sour first. We,
0: nice. we did, yeah.
1: It's 90 degrees today. I, I'm, I'm technically <laughs> kind of still working. I needed something crispy, and that just sounded perfect. So I, I kind of made that decision for the team.
2: Uh, you but, guys doing okay with those windstorms? I saw the uh, the bad news for a minute there. Are you guys coming out of that okay?
0: Or Yeah, I think so. It uh, It's something. I've been in the hop industry for decades and uh, grew up on a hop farm, and that's the first time I've seen... A windstorm like that, there was a low-pressure system coming in replacing a high-pressure system that was uh, sitting over the Pacific Northwest for about a week and a half, bringing some unseasonably warm weather last week. Mm -hmm. And then uh, this thing hit about mid-morning on Monday and, and blew all the way into early evening and there were 50 mile an hour gusts and it came right out of the northeast so what we saw was a lot of down vines Uh, Us okay us old hop guys call them vines okay everyone else calls them vines but i call them (laughs) vines and uh So, so it's okay to still call them vines well it's okay with me I, okay. uh, I, I still will not much for really good friends after that. Some of these plant physiologists, you know, jump right in and correct me very quickly. But uh, I still call it hop picking instead of hop harvest because uh, not that I'm old enough to remember going out and picking by hand, but uh, I know that hops, that's in my family who's been growing hops for six generations, uh, that was always hop picking time. So uh, anyway uh I, I take yeah go. sorry I didn't take you off on a tangent there with that the weather le- I just when I saw that news I'm like no no protect <laughs> the goods, yeah but uh, <laughs> I you know I would say the remaining crop and that would include varieties like uh citrus being picked right now yep. uh mosaic is right on its heels and then we've got the alpha varieties behind that we we think between cones on the ground and uh Vines that are won't be salvageable because of the high percentage that came down. We we think probably three to five percent of the remaining crop. Okay. We might be off, but uh, we'll see. Well,
2: we, it's... Stayed, we stayed pretty long on citrus, so if I can, if I can. Uh... <laughs> not hoard as much of it maybe i can i can help y'all out so you can get some uh just a few other breweries that are trying to, to...
0: just just throw it in the brew kettle brian it'll be fine
1: <laughs> so, see, that's a that's a dangerous admission <laughs> telling telling a, oh, a, a hopeful on, national on the, audience on on the, that you have extra day. citra <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i mean it, it's it's one that you can you can always find
2: a taker for should things not go your way sure yeah, thing yeah true. no citrus or, or,
1: looking yeah. beautiful right now this year um cone size overall i mean Steve, I don't know, in in your opinion, I it, it, I would think it's just a little bit smaller overall, just like average cone size, but the, the quality has been exceptional. Yeah. Very bright. Um really really beautiful color and uh just great aromas coming off the of citron. We just started a mosaic yesterday yeah. on a couple farms and um uh, so far so good on that as well. I, so. I was
0: out in the yard with my trier right after lunch, uh, trying a few bales and my goodness, I mean it just makes you thirsty just pulling hops out and rubbing and we siphon. are
2: we are definitely sorry to miss you this year it was nice for the i mean a couple of years ago was our first year where we sort of graduated to a level to uh to get invited to come on out and we had a blast uh, obviously you guys took care of us really well and i mean i think our beers have, have only improved with the uh the opportunity to select, so we'll miss you this year, but Excellent. you know, hopefully 2021 we will get we'll send somebody back out there.
0: Yep, we look forward to seeing you next year. Uh, assuming this covet thing's behind us, and I it's already behind me, I don't know about you, Joe, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, at least there's a few more
2: distractions now. I mean, beer was always there for distraction, you know, when times are good, people drink, when they're bad, they drink more. Yeah, uh, but it's nice to have baseball, and I think we have football starting up tonight, which has been which will be helpful again. So just a couple of distractions. Let's just get to 2021 and hopefully we can <laughs> just turn the page and never, never look back.
0: You're talking my language, Brian. I, like it. I, I like love it. it. Yeah. So, so tell
2: uh, me, uh, so I'm really surprised. You know, we. Uh, so we, you know, I gave you a few different beers to try and I was like, well, Lord Gray. I mean, it's, it's not very hot forward, obviously, but I just think it's a really good representation of what we do. And I'm kind of curious to know what y'all think about it. So far. Well,
0: I'm, you know, obviously a hop forward beer like a pale ale or an IPA, uh, are my favorite style. And I'm probably a little bit biased there, but having spent a little bit of time in Belgium, Belgium, and, uh, just sampling some of their Trappist beers and, and other specialty beers that they make. Um, I, I know we always have uh, Orval in our booth at the brow at the trade show there in Nuremberg, And, uh, i love going over there and just you know sampling something a little bit different those belgian brewers are definitely innovators inspired innovators and that you know reminds me i i just i want to ask you a little bit about uh the brewery you're at at three taverns and how you guys uh how belgium and belgian brewers inspired you in terms of uh what you guys
2: do there sure so you so, know uh the, the idea for the brewery was spawned by our owner, who uh, took a trip to Brussels. Uh, I want to am uh, not exactly sure how long ago—but he, uh, he uh, that, our, our, our original flagship beer, if you can just use a term that means different things to different people, was uh, was actually a night in Brussels, uh, mm. which was an American interpretation of a Belgian inspiration. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was—you uh, know—it was it was an American IPA with Belgian yeast. And uh, it was a huge, you know, one of the huge jumping off points for the for the brewery when we started. Uh, if you don't know too much about the history of the brewery, we actually at one time had one of only three Belgian brewmasters in the country, and uh, one of them, and ours was the nephew of another one, so it was a pretty, you know, pretty small group of uh, of Belgian brewmasters that made their way over here. He has since uh, left to start his own uh, brewery in, inside Atlanta. is doing great things. We're real proud of him. Just can't wait to... Keep trying the stuff he's putting out there, but yeah. So we stopped. So started with a night in Brussels, which was an, an American IPA with Belgian yeast, and it was a huge hit. So we decided to do. You know, they decided to do one. This predates me actually for a moment, uh, and did uh, did it with Amer did, did the same recipe with uh, with American yeast, and just the differences that come out of the, the exact same recipe with just that one alter with that one change, uh, led to a night on pons being the you know strong player in the marketplace that it is, and you know from there, just uh, it opened up so many doors for experimentation, which I think is at the heart of, you know, that that's that was Belgium breaking out of like those German rigid, you know, shackles, mm-hmm. and now America is like breaking through the shackles of, of Belgium. It's just, uh, it, yeah, that's I think an American interpretation of Belgian inspiration is a pretty good, like moniker to stamp where we are right now as a brewery.
1: Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah, Steve, I've I've been to the show in Nuremberg with Steve and Alex a couple times and. Steve keeps promising me to, he's going to take me to Belgium one of these days, and I haven't gone yet. But um, well, we still we still as a brewery have a pilgrimage if you hit five years, and we'll wait for
2: enough people to hit it at the same time. <laughs> and I'm actually I'm coming up pretty soon. There you uh, go. We had uh, the owner, uh, Mister Purcell, uh, Brian. I mean, he doesn't by Mister Purcell by anybody. I don't know why I said that, but uh, <laughs> he's going he's to he's round us all up and uh, take us off to Belgium to see kind of where the inspiration for or just the – well. The crazy idea to start a brewery was sort of uh, uh, founded upon. Uh, so yeah, got, that's I'm awesome. pretty excited. I got a couple more years to go. There's a few more people right after me, so it should be a hell of a crew. And and yeah, hopefully we all are we all survive it and come back and yeah. just have way more to uh, throw into the brew kettle and, and see what we can't conjure up.
0: Well, we have our European sales office in Brussels, and so when you get there, you'll have to to look them up. We've got a couple crazy Belgians in that office that uh, love to, uh, that's our joke around Yakima Chief Hops is, uh, you know, you don't want to try to keep up with the Belgians because they're professional drinkers. (laughs)
2: Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, uh, I learned very quickly as, as an amateur uh, getting to just just during the hiring process at, uh, at Three Taverns that I needed to do uh, I needed to step up my game a little bit. They were hosting Shelton Festival uh, they were one of the few American or one of the few breweries in town when Shelton chose Atlanta uh, to, to host events and I was uh, I had the time of my life obviously some of the best beers in the world were sure. at your fingertips but I definitely wasn't hanging in there uh, as well as some of my now uh, colleagues <laughs> yeah
0: no we warn everybody you know hey some of these ipas have six six and a half percent alcohol and uh the belgian beers kind of start there and go up and so oh, yeah and they're well, yeah, they're our, so our,
1: dangerously smooth
0: yes they're, they're they go down so smooth all of a sudden you're you're in a little bit of trouble and still a lot of night left so <laughs> but yeah when you guys are over there yeah you'll have to look up our guys i know we're we're building a uh A warehouse right now uh we've got uh, part of our operations staff carl van evenhoven who has kind of a belgian name or a flemish name i should say is over there helping to build it and it should be completed this uh this winter sometime and uh that'll give us the opportunity to help service our european customers a little bit more by having hops a little closer to uh to the breweries over there but
2: uh sounds like a plan i said it should time out pretty well i said i think the the next really big group will probably be showing up in or maybe maybe 2022, so you guys will be up and running pretty, oh, yeah. pretty good by
0: then. and We will. And
2: we'll, uh, we'll try not to destroy everything.
0: Yep. Um, I know the owned breweries right there in uh, Brussels, and, uh, you know, they've got those open fermentation-style uh, beers, beers with the with the fruit added in to kind of give some, some flavor and character to them. And uh, true, they don't use a lot of hops, and the hops they do use are – kind of aged a little bit but uh, still a wonderful style of beer something i really yeah, enjoy
2: yeah it's pretty, it's pretty exciting anytime i visit a brewery that has a a, a cool ship or you know, open fermentation i'm always just i, I just nerd out and cuz those i mean as much as i love all styles of beer i get really excited to see some a barrel aged like wild ale i'm not so but just a wild ale you know yeah. Uh, just all, all the funk and characteristic of just whatever's around them at the time. Yep. Just showing up in a glass is awesome.
0: Yep, and those, obviously, as you know, those beers take a little while to make because of the open fermentation and the, the time, uh, but it's it's well worth the wait. It's one of my favorite styles of beer, and uh look forward to get over, getting over there. But, hey, next time I'm in Decatur, Georgia, um, gosh, a little... A little taste of belgium with without the the uh, atlantic flight there so. you'll, you'll actually have
2: to make two stops if you come uh, pretty soon our second location is right around the corner and uh, just about ready to go the imaginarium it's uh awesome. a cabinet of curiosities is what our owner has dubbed it and yeah. uh, it's i mean just what the brewers are going to be the facilities that they're going to have at their disposal and what they're going to be able to con- just sort of create uh, I just, I can't wait to drink it all. So I wish I was one of the artists. Um, I do get to, I get to throw my hat in the race every now and then, but uh, what we, what we built them down the street, in addition to the parlor, which is just a beautiful, beautiful place to have a beer. Uh, it's just, it's going to wow people. It's, it's, I've been to, you know, most of my trips center around going to breweries and uh, I've never seen a, a brewery that's, a little, or a, a brewery facility that looks quite like the imaginary. I'm, I'm psyched up and I've been a part of it since day one.
0: <laughs> awesome. No, that that'll be definitely on the list of things to do. And you guys are uh, Decatur's, right? It's I guess considered a suburb of Atlanta. It's right in that same area. It's kind of a suburb that's
2: inside the city. It's like a hamlet. So it's okay. uh, it's it's kind of its own little world inside the perimeter of Atlanta. So it's you could think of it as a suburb, but you haven't left the city uh, okay. or the perimeter. All right. uh, great little spot. Um, it, is, it does take a concentrated effort to come. You have to decide you want to come. The good news is, is there's lots of reasons, even beyond Three Taverns, to to, to drop in. The art scene is fantastic. The food scene, out of this world. The music scene, lots of great uh, acts come to little small venues. It's a it's a it's this nice little place that you wouldn't quite um, think would exist inside of, of, a, of a you know a major metropolis like Atlanta.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, we're tasting three three other reasons to come visit you right, right now. These beers are amazing. Yeah, appreciate you sending them out. Um, yeah, Brian, we're we're going
1: to jump in here coming. on a bright day <laughs> coming here. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit more about that? Beer? I'm going to crack this open here and give, give Steve some hops. He's yeah, he's, so, he's clamoring. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I, I just finished mine. It was uh, it's been my go-to ever since it debuted uh, a few months ago, and uh, it was uh, yeah, it was. We were looking for an IPA to fit a certain point, a certain place in the market. You know, we, our, our most of our, you know, our, our flagship night on ponds is sitting around seven and a half percent. That's phenomenal when you're ready to, when you want to drink seven and a half percent. But this one clocks in a little bit less, and uh, it's not, it's not shy with the hops. We uh, we double dry hop it. It's a generous amount of uh, citral, amarillo, and mosaic. Um, it's a. Uh, yeah, we're not as long on Citra as we once were <laughs> mm. <laughs> with, this, with this heavy hitter. It does, it does eat up quite a bit of it, but it's, I mean, the result is just it's just an easy drinking, and I, I use the term beautiful beer to describe, like, that's kind of like my, if, I, if that comes out of my mouth and I've just, I've said something, I've, I've described a beer that I'll drink all the time, and this one, it's, it's definitely a beautiful beer, and it, it, it's always in my fridge, and it's usually the first stop at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. definitely, and and, and and the cause behind it is phenomenal. I'm so glad we're able to do that and you know make something positive come out of what has been an otherwise difficult time for our friends in the hospitality industry.
1: Absolutely.
0: So you describe this as a heavy hitter of beers. Are you saying it's the Adam Duval of beers after last <laughs> night's game?
1: <laughs> you know what? It's kind of sneaky, I and mean, then
2: it's only five and a half percent, but it is still. It does still, you know, it can, it's it's going to lure you into a sense of I can take this, and then you mm. have three or four, and you. Are, are you really should be calling a Lyft or an Uber. Uh, but it, it, it is that good. You will drink that many. Like I said, I have access to it all the time, and I'm I, I'm always thinking, like, this is my last drop. I need to have more. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's It's been that good. And I think the response from our marketing community is, I mean, besides the beer being delicious, they just love the fact that, you know, we, we took all the, the proceeds from the first batch and just handed them off to the giving kitchen, which is doing, you know, amazing work for our friends in the hospitality industry that just... I, mean, more, I think more so than many, just been negatively impacted mm-hmm. by you know bars and and restaurants being shut down for as long as they were. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, well, it's got a wonderful yeah, it, it's got a wonderful yeah. nose and absolutely no disappointment with the taste. I mean, a lot of times you you have a great nose and the hops, you're ready for them and they aren't there. This has both. It's it's an amazing. I I guess you call it a hazy, right?
2: It, it is a hazy,
1: it's not a New England because you
2: know, that right. that ventures into different territories. Yeah, you know, but it's it's it, well, you certainly can't see through the glass. It definitely has some haze to it and uh
1: but it just it doesn't it doesn't
2: leave you as like stuffed and just full as some sure. of the uh some of our New England uh friends that I mean yeah, those beers are they're they're jet setters, they're trend setters and yep. they're delicious, but you know, I'm, I'm usually stopping at a, at a at a short pour. You know, I just I, I, that's that's yep. really all I can, I can I can get down. But this one, now I'm really sad, but I've, I've already drank the one I have in front of me, and I have to. Yeah, I'll, I'll move on to something else.
1: But. No, this one will go. This one will go quickly as well. I think you nailed it right there, Brian, when you said the drinkability, because it is a big haze. I mean, you see it, and you hear, and you smell it, and you're thinking, okay. Yeah. I've had some really good beers that smell good and, and taste pretty good, but you can kind of detect some flaws, right? If you're yep. if you've had a, uh, enough beers, and uh, this is definitely, I mean. Even for a hazy, finishes very nice and is uh, mm-hmm. just a clean, oh, yeah, it's, a clean, drinkable beer, really soft.
0: Yep. No, those new we, I mean, obviously we love the guys up in New England and their hazy IPAs using six, seven pounds per barrel. Uh, th- those beers are for folks that like just a little bit of beer with their hops. Uh, but uh, <laughs> well, so this one isn't shy though on that front again. It's, I said, mean,
2: as the per- as the bean counter in the brewery that, that has to <laughs> you know. <laughs> Uh, count costs. I, I certainly when I saw it I'm I, I I my eyes Opened up a little bit uh yep. but our I mean our the recipe is, is just is amazing and I mean the result I mean I there's not a better dollar spent <laughs> In the brewery right now when it comes To beer like I, I literally can't get enough Of it yep. and I'm just really glad that I don't Have to worry about that oh, I think
1: that's a great Point I think it's uh that intrinsic Value I think you just keyed right in on That is that uh the ability to make A product like this that uh inspires not only uh you know you and the other people in your brew house but inspires your customers to keep coming back is that value that, that that comes through uh you know really really what we're doing here in the northwest and, and mm-hmm. creating value and in, in the breeding program and in our in our growing operations and so it's awesome to hear you talk about how that uh you know you, you see you as counting the beans you can see that you are definitely spending money on raw materials but you, you can see that they're going uh towards something that's really impactful and making Making waves for for your brewery and your community. Yep.
2: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean for sure. Like I said I mean you guys. I mean you guys don't beat us up too bad, so we got a, we got a pretty nice uh we got a pretty nice number on all these, which is you know we thank you. Keep it up. Great. Please. And you got uh, a good
1: guy down there. Sykes is. Uh, he is he's an animal. Love yeah,
2: he, I was. uh I, I want to say he he wasn't there when I, I first started, but he had, had made his way back to you guys and became he was already he was already a fan of the brewery, which was fantastic. I mean it's. I mean, I, God bless every person that can, can, can be a, you know, can can sell. But, like, it's nice that, like, you know, I, I felt like I was talking to, you know, a member of the community and just a, a fan of the brewery and just somebody that wanted us to succeed as much as we did.
1: Oh, that's good to hear. Absolutely. No, I yep. I, I agree. I, I mean, we get uh, a lot of the work Steve and I do on, on the supply chain side of things. Obviously, we're working with the growers uh, day in, day out, but we also have that opportunity to cross over and work with our, Uh, colleagues on in the sales department and i mean like like you said they're really i don't think any of them are are career salesmen most of them are ex-brewers or ex uh beer industry um veterans and and that's what they are they're they're beer fans first and they've come to uh understand uh the story and and the impact of what we're doing and, and changing the hop industry for good and and really building true value and sustainability for for both of our industries for years to come
2: yeah, I'm, I'm always, so as the person that usually, like, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I, I'm affectionately known as squash, because I guess I squash numbers instead of crunch numbers around the room. but <laughs> it's, all, it's always nice when, like, a, you know, I, I always, when a salesman comes by, of, of any, you know, any, you know, could be machinery, raw material, aluminum, corrugated, whatever it might be, and uh, and, he, and I just kind of grow them a little bit on, on the product and, 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 you know, what they know and how they can help me, and it's. I've never, I mean, sometimes they, they score pretty good, you know, when, it, when they're when it's not really what they're driven for, but like, you know, our YCH reps and pretty much every, every one of our raw material um, partners, I mean, it's they're as excited about this stuff as we are. And yep. for someone that gets to talk to people that if that's not the case with what they do a decent amount of time, it's nice to have that person that you can just sort of geek out with and just talk about, you know, I mean, beer's awesome. Why yep. would be fun to talk about it? Oh,
0: that's great to hear. So, Brian, I know you're chatting with us, but I know you also have one eye on the ball game probably. Do we have a score yet? A
2: little, little rough start. Uh, we've given up three, which isn't uh, which isn't out of the realm of, of normal for us. Um, yeah. I mean, so we're never out of it. You know, we yep. can, when you can score 29, three isn't really much of anything. That's but, right. <laughs> I mean, you're but, averaging. also... It also reinforces the, the issue with our with the, with the starting rotation. It is uh, we have one of the best bullpens I think in the in the league. We spend a lot of money on it. Uh, yeah. I say we; it's not my money, but I feel like I've spent enough <laughs> on them so I can call it mine. You're investing. Uh, yeah, we're, we're, we're down early; it's three nothing in the top of the second. But I, I and I said, you don't feel out of it until uh, maybe if it hits double digits.
0: <laughs> you know, if if you're averaging three and a half runs a game, I mean, this this that's nothing. Three runs, who cares? Yeah. Yeah, we were uh, better.
2: We were the three-run training last night, so yeah, yeah we're taking lead in third.
0: You know, one of the things I love about the Braves is they—they've got and and you're—I mean, to to you, Freddie Freeman's probably a superstar, but on the West Coast, I would characterize him as one of the most underrated players. In <laughs> just <baseball>. a guy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> what's he doing? My guess is he's batting over 300. Probably has eight or ten home runs. He just—you can just punch in all-star like numbers every year for him it's kind of
2: weird to say eight to ten runs eight to ten home runs in september (laughs) is having a a pretty banner year but yeah i think uh i think he's i think he's at eight right now the one thing about freddie is uh this is something i mean as as a former player and you know i i had Mm -hmm. opportunities to play in college not that as big a college as i went to I, i chose school over baseball knowing where to the end result for baseball would be. I've never seen anyone swing a bat like Freddie. Two yeah. hands on the barrel the whole time, always trying to hit a ball over the shortstop's head. Yep. yep. On the line. It's, uh, so yeah, he's. I mean, I'm. He seems like such a good dude. Uh, it's nice. I mean, it was. We had Shipper for as long as uh, as, sure. long as I can remember. Larry. Uh, in fact, uh, a little side tip. Something that might be. you can Call me on this one if you if you want if you want proof. But actually, I'm sitting uh, with my beer on a. Piece of furniture that was once owned by Shepard. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it was. A, it was actually a, a, a you know a chess, backgammon game table <laughs> that was uh, given to him for being, I think, in the '97 All Star Game. Yeah. And uh, he gave it to a realtor who happens to be one of my best friends, and she's like, "Your your basement, your shrine to all things, basically sports and Ghostbusters, yeah. and Ninja Turtles. <laughs> uh, you should have this piece as well." So. Um, Oh, that's uh, awesome. It's it's pretty cool to have a piece of furniture that Shipper just didn't have room for.
0: Yeah. Well, it was probably a bench, you know, and he never spent any time on the bench, so he probably didn't need it.
2: (laughs) It it does, and it does have full-out cup holders, which is, uh, I mean, yeah, speaking my my language right there. Yeah,
0: perfect. And then you got uh, uh, Travis Darnot at Catcher who's having a heck of a season,
2: too. Yeah, he, he was a goat. He was just a guy we kind of made fun of on the Nets for as long as, you know, this, this guy we kept hearing that was amazing that just couldn't ever stay healthy. And then he, I guess he goes to Tampa last year and has a pretty good year. And he's been, yeah, he's been raking too. Yeah. Um, and again, also not a big guy. I don't know where all these, like, average humans became just <laughs> absolute mammoth home run hitters. But uh, it didn't happen when I was... 27 or whatever, or however old he is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The, the up top to bottom, it's just a bunch of guys that can rake, which is again a lot of fun. But I mean, it'd be more fun if we were winning like you know nine nothing.
0: Yeah. What? Uh, so you got the the Venezuelan out there in center field, Acuna. How is is he you going to be able to keep keep him for a while?
2: Uh, yeah, he got locked up. He's uh, he signed for six years at 100 million, which I go. guess is a discount. Yeah. Uh, I guess is like a huge uh, a huge savings and. He he has a little bit of flair, and I mean, I'm I'm not old school to the point where I don't mind some of that stuff. But occasionally, I get why he gets a few too many pitches up and in. Yeah. Um, you know, just you know, baseball is certainly a sport that evolves very slowly. Uh, but I think he's a he's a nice breath of fresh air for Atlanta, and that he's uh, he's exciting. I mean, he yeah. was as soon, as soon as he came up, and I can only imagine what it's like for these guys that have all this hype and, you know, being number one prospect and, and, all, and all of such ilk and then actually being able to deliver on that must, yeah. be, uh, must be nice.
0: Yeah. Now that seems to be a little bit of a trend in Major League Baseball now is these young guys, you know, signing for uh, maybe not superstar money but, but kind of hedging their bets against injury and, and signing for extended contracts at, at uh, money they can retire on if they do get injured. And, uh, I
2: mean, I guess we figure some of these guys are, I mean, a, a lot of the ones that actually, you know, get to the bigs are, you know, they're 16, 17, 18, mm-hmm. maybe 21 if they went to college, if they, if, they, if they didn't sign right out of high school. But, like, it's got to be that level of family and that familiar, familiarity sure. that you're just like, I, you know, if I'm happy here and we're winning, yeah. why would I want to mess that up? Our, um,
0: our Seattle Mariners here signed Evan, Wright, Evan White, our first baseman. Uh, before he even took a single at bat in the major leagues for a long term contract, and he's you know he's struggling at the plate, but mm-hmm. he's uh, he's going to be a he's a yeah. vacuum cleaner. He's going to be a Gold Glove he's at first a, base. A I mean, you're not going to get anything by him. He's yeah. he's got some outs there. As a defensive <laughs>
1: specialist myself, I can <laughs> I, I, I'm lacking Evan White. He does. He needs to come around the plate, but um, I think he will. I think he's got the right mentality. Okay. Uh, so I'm looking forward to his future with us. Yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, you know, Freddie was similar when he came up. It was like, here's this guy that's got a good glove that you know can, can put the bat on the ball, and you know he's he's got the frame for it, so he'll he'll fill out. And you know he was he was a nice player, probably like what you still think of in the Northwest. You know, he's a nice player. Mm-hmm. Then you look up seven years in his career, and he's he's 30 and 100. You're like, oh man, that's actually really good. Um, I'm not sure if you guys were as sort of on to the. I I grew up in you know, I. I was born in 86, so like the, you know, the McGuire Sosa, that's like my 10, and that's like my formative years, mm-hmm. where everyone was hitting 60 home runs, and just, yep. even, even if they were 37 or above, mm-hmm. and now, I, and I'm 34 now, and I'm like, there's no, I mean, this is hard, like, yeah. I, I'm playing beer league softball, and <laughs> I, I'm pulling stuff every day, like, something had to be up, right? Everyone there was
1: some enhancement going on, no <laughs> doubt about it. Uh, yeah. No, I'm like, right there, I'm right there with you, Ryan. Good. I was born in 84, so. I'm right there with you with that era, and and you know with the Braves too. I, you know, the Braves of the early '90s. That was, the Mariners were, yeah, awful. And uh, being hey. able to tune into those guys, uh, I really grew up I'm, tuning the Braves too. So I, I appreciate those yeah. early '90s and mid '90s teams. But until they won though. was it 2001?
2: Was that team that won like 116 or, or something like that? Yep. That yep.
1: Still the record. Which,
2: which actually, it I it just blew my mind because they they made I saw some stat yesterday of like you know franchises that hadn't reached the postseason then, i i never think of the mariners as like coming up short but it's been mm. a minute for y'all out there
0: yeah
1: well yeah th- we're going to go I, ahead and end I, the I, show now Brian. The no. i'm sure you guys <laughs> realize
2: that but like i actually i went to seattle a couple years ago and bought safeco is it still safeco yeah well
1: it's t-mobile it's park now t-mobile, T-Mobile park. Cool. And it, well, yeah. I, I
2: had a, i had an ichi role and sat there on the third baseline and thought it was one of the most enjoyable uh, experiences yeah, uh, from great. from a from a person that tours baseball teams. Yeah, I was blown away. I, I've always felt you guys are like always in it. It's uh, I guess it's probably because yeah. three hour time distance. I'm not able to watch you as much. But I was just feel like, you guys aren't one of those teams that you can just dog on.
0: Yeah. Well, it's uh the one thing. Two years ago, basically, the team decided let's rebuild, and so we've got a lot of young guys that no one's heard about uh that are coming up through the system, and I. I think in about two years we'll be competitive again. But uh, for right now, we're just going to enjoy the kids playing and and see how it goes. Uh, but
2: uh, I think we were testing the water. Is that your third baseman was uh, was on the? Not a, I mean, hard to know what's what's rumor and what's true. But I think the yep. Braves were were, were kind of Kyle Seeger. Their nose in there and seeing what he was up to. Yeah.
0: Um, Kyle Seeger's having a, a good year and. Uh, the problem with Kyle is he's got this poison contract. Pill. Yeah, he's got a little poison <laughs> pill where he can uh, really force a team that that uh, gets him to pay him a lot of money.
1: Guaranteed, I think it's twenty one mil guaranteed, something like that, and in twenty twenty two. Yeah, yeah, but
2: uh, yeah. No, not, I mean, like, that's not like money that really, I guess, in today's baseball, that'll kind of hamstring a team. But it's, it's not changed. They yeah. On the higher side.
0: No, that's true, uh, but.
2: Uh, um, yeah, I will say that safe, you know, the safe or now. T-Mobile Park was—I uh, mean, it really was a lot of fun. I mean, as, as someone that's been to many and you know, for every stadium that, that kind of that might let you down a little bit, or just out of the atmosphere, or just the, uh, the, just, the, you know, just uh, the all of the ballpark. But that one was—I uh, mean, I had a yep. blast when I was there. It is. It's beautiful. Uh, sushi, beautiful building. Eating good sushi in the ballpark was like yeah. it just felt right.
0: Good sushi, and you can go grab a, a nice craft beer. A lot of Pacific Northwest craft beers there, and you, you, the the stadium's designed so you can go grab a beer and still watch the game. Yeah, it's beautiful. You know, and grab yeah, and the were amazing. So, In fact,
2: some stadiums have missed out on that. Some of the newer stadiums, like guys, you, the 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 game is still supposed to be. It's not front and center. It's still a good part of this. Yep. And Like I'm walking through a call. I'm walking through a hallway. I can't. Yeah. Sort of money that at T-Mobile. It's gonna be safe code for me forever. That's just
1: that's just. It's been a hard habit to
0: break, (laughs) man. (laughs) Good to hear. Well, hey Brian, uh, we're kind of up against our time limit here, but we—it's—it's amazing how time flies when you're having fun, right, Joe?
1: Absolutely. We
2: talk about
0: doing baseball. Yeah. Better and uh, what could be better? We worked in a little bit on the on the hop harvest. How that's going? Got the windstorm in there, but uh, thanks so much for (laughs) yeah no thanks so much for joining us. I'm sure that. if you didn't bring it up, we were going to bring it up anyway because uh, we like to keep our three fans, our three listeners, kind of informed on what's going on out there. So, <laughs>
2: uh, I, mean, I I'll make sure to tell. I mean, certainly I'll be. I mean, I don't have a huge social media presence, probably telling everyone I have to give you that thumbs up or that like. Or That's, presence, oh, you right? will now, man. You yeah. be careful. I certainly will now. <laughs> yeah, unless I sound just horrible, and then I'll just I'll. I just to myself. <laughs> no, this is this has been great. It's
0: always fun to have uh, uh, someone with passion for beer and baseball. It's it's kind of a weird combination, but you you definitely have it and and Brian, whether you're brewing beer or watching baseball, we wish you nothing but good hops.
2: Or both at the same time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh but yes, thank you so much. Uh it's been a pleasure. I was really excited to to jump on this. I, I threw it out to the artists cuz I figured you might want to talk to those uh <laughs> The, the, those those engineers of 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 all things beautiful uh yeah. but I was, well, I was like, this is kind of in my it's in my wheelhouse you know there I'm, you I'm, go. I'm a lifelong brave fan and i've been drinking a lot of beer so well, squash wow. levesque I until know.
1: next time my man <laughs> <laughs>
2: certainly is. well thank you so much i, right. I look forward to uh to, to checking in with y'all again in the, in the future <laughs>
0: Don't do that to me, Joe. Come on. Hey, yeah, so we'll see you next harvest at least, and if not before then, in Decatur. Would love to come visit you and uh, sample your beers in person.
2: Yeah, certainly. Yeah. Come to Decatur. Check out the uh, the OG experience in the parlor, and then uh, we'll, we'll we'll glide on down Memorial Drive, and you'll check out the Imaginarium, and uh, I right. guarantee you, uh, you will
0: leave. That's satisfied. awesome. All right, Brian. <laughs> take, Thanks a lot, Brian. Take care. Talk to you soon. Cheers, friends. Cheers. Bye.